Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, hey, Waffle Gang, I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some more relationship stories. And if you do love a Reddit story, why not consider hitting that like subscribe and maybe maybe that notification bell too you absolute cheeky so-and-so let's crack on with today's first story much love guys now today's first story comes from a deleted user and says me 26 female with my ex 29 male i got pregnant and i thought he had abandoned me four years later i find out it's actually his brother's fault i have no idea how to even explain my situation but i'll give it a try I'm aware how weird and unique this is. I mean, if it weren't happening to me, I wouldn't believe it. This is long, but the backstory is needed. I apologize for grammar mistakes as I'm still a little frantic. I've known my ex-boyfriend since we were teens. I'll call him David. We met when I was 15 and he was 18. We lived next to each other in a nice neighborhood. We also lived closer to a small meadow and just a little farther from that meadow, hidden among the trees, there was a small river. I'm not doing this place justice because English is not my native language and I'm sure not describing it as well as I could, but it was an amazing place which I used as a little hiding spot whenever I wanted to get away from my parents or people in general. I used to think no one really knew about that place and if they did, they didn't really bother coming there because through all the time I was there, I never actually saw someone else there besides me. Imagine my surprise when I go there one day and find David sitting by the river. At that time, we'd seen each other around the neighborhood, but that's it. Anyway, that day we started talking and became very close. Not intimate because I was 15 and hated the idea of dating and he was 18 and wasn't known for long-term relationships. So we get pretty close and I meet his family. His mother was the sweetest thing. His dad, I remember, was gross, stupid jokes, sexist and ignorant. To which he, David, told me not to mind him. I didn't mind. And then was his brother, who we'll call Patrick. This is turning out to be long, so I'll be short here. Patrick was just as bad as his father, except no one could deny he really did love and care for David. I don't know how to explain it any better. Patrick was gross. He thought girls were meant only for sex. He was a fucking racist and homophobe, with no fear of letting it be known. But when it came to David, Patrick was always there for him. He was overprotective of him, and I remember that made me feel a mixture of sadness and anger because if he could love his brother so much, then why the hell couldn't he be a better person? Anyway, my friendship with David only grew. I should make it very clear that if Patrick was like his gross father, then David was like his mother, no doubt. David was sweet, caring. His worldview was similar to mine. He was not a racist nor a homophobe and was always clashing heads with his brother because of that. So let's speed things up. We became a couple when I was 17 and he's 20. Things are incredible and our relationship is good. He's not my first relationship as I'd gotten over that no dating thing and dated other guys during our period of friendship. I literally have no complaints about him as a boyfriend. The problem was Patrick. Yes, that man had no problem with me when I was just David's friend. 
but as soon as I became the girlfriend, Patrick started treating me and David horribly. If we were together, Patrick would call and ask David if he was spending time with his little whore, which made David tell Patrick to fuck off and hang up the phone and spend the night with me. He'd apologize and I'd say it wasn't his fault as it really wasn't. He stood up for me more times than I could remember. I never let Patrick's comments bother me and I'd usually flat out ignore him whenever I saw him. He was an arsehole and didn't deserve my attention. So Patrick became insanely jealous. He thought he was losing his little brother and it was all very stressful and it only came to a stop and got a bit better when David told Patrick to either cut that shit out or it cut him off from his life forever. He told Patrick that if he ever so much made a nasty comment about me, even if it's behind his back, he'd go on pretending he didn't have a brother. That shook him up a little and the comments stopped, although he'd still call when we got together or roll his eyes whenever he was in our presence and saw us being cute or whatever. I know how much the situation hurt David because even though he was aware of how nasty and simple-minded his brother could be, it was still his brother and he loved him. I was blessed with loving parents, but I understood David. There were times when he'd break down and cry because his brother had gotten into trouble again and I'd just feel mad and heartbroken. Sadly, I didn't really know then what I know now about abuse and manipulation. For instance, I know Patrick really did love David and he knew David loved him but he was deathly scared of someone else, me, taking his brother away from him. So he tried to manipulate David with sentences like, you know, when this bitch leaves you, you only have me in this whole world. Lovely, isn't it? The years passed. I was still very much in love with David and David with me. I was 22 and David 25. I was considering studying abroad in France. It wasn't set in stone and while it sounded very dreamy and marvelous, a big part of me didn't really want to go. It's just that my parents were so proud of me and about the opportunity and they've always been amazing to me. I didn't want to let them down. So by this time I was still living with my parents but David was renting an apartment and living with a roommate and his brother would visit every now and then. I could see that he still hated me but given that David and I had been dating for such a long time I guess he just accepted me into his little brother's life. Patrick hadn't changed with age and was still unpleasant but a bit more behaved. When I told David the news one night, he was visibly shaken. I said I didn't know what I'd do yet and we'd tried to carry on with our date. But the mood was ruined and we had a fight. He said he understood my side but that it wasn't like I'd be a few hours away. I'd be in France. I told him that a lot of couples make things like this for work. For the record, I was talking at my ass and I tried to convince him that it wouldn't be that bad. It didn't work but once things cooled off, we just agreed to talk about it when I knew what I wanted to do. The thing is, while this France thing started more as a way to make my parents proud, as the days went by, I started liking the idea. Really liking it. I'd be studying literature and journalism in France. I could write a novel about how I was feeling torn and how I went back and forth on the issue and I'd end up choosing David every time. But I guess I let this small worry in. What if I'm really throwing a great opportunity away? What if I didn't take it and stayed and then years down the road resented David? Resenting him and blaming him scared me way more than leaving for a while and then coming back to him. I'd made my decision and when I invited him over, I didn't even need to tell him because I was already crying. We had a huge fight and he begged me not to go. He said he supported me in whatever I wanted to do with my education, but I didn't have to go so far away. He cried, shouted, begged and I did the same. I'd be leaving in two months and I asked him to stop fighting. 
It could be a long-distance relationship and I wouldn't be gone forever. I'd come back to him. He was mad and wasn't listening to me. He wanted to go home, but I begged him not to because he was angry and I didn't want him driving angry. I'm paranoid about this sort of thing. Fighting with someone I love and then never seeing them again is one of my biggest fears. He knows about this fear of mine and he stayed. He went to the living room while I stayed in my bedroom. When it was close to midnight, I went to fetch him from there because I didn't want to fight. I found him watching a TV show on the couch and he was still angry. I asked him to come to bed with me and grabbed his hand and he looked at me for a moment before letting me pull him up. We spent the night together and in the morning he told me he couldn't do this, couldn't be with me knowing I'd be leaving him. He said it was best if we just stopped seeing each other now. I started crying immediately but I didn't ask him to reconsider. I wanted to but if after spending the night together after that big fight he still thought it was best to stay apart then there was no way I could convince him otherwise. He kissed me, said he loved me and wished me luck and I was a freaking mess. I'll skip to the part where I spend the next few weeks going back and forth again on my decision and wondering if I made the right choice. It was torture. I wanted to call him all the time and beg for him to come back but I refrained myself. Even went as far as to give my mum my phone so she could hide it from me. I only broke down once and called him. I wanted to text him but the thought of him seeing the text and not replying scared me because that would be horrible and give me no hope for a second chance. But he didn't pick up. Life went on and I was miserable but clinged to France more than ever. I guess this is the part I surprise you guys. On the second month of our breakup, I found out I was pregnant. I don't know how important the detail of birth control is here but it was a mistake on both our parts when we didn't use a condom on two instances. I wasn't on the pill back then. I am now. Anyway, I panicked. The trip was two weeks away and I didn't even care about it anymore. I wanted to get David and tell him that I was sorry and tell him about the pregnancy and that we could be a family and whatnot. Except no matter how many times I called, he wouldn't pick up. I texted him and he never even saw the messages. I went to his apartment only to find out by his roommate that David had gone on a road trip with Patrick. I freaked out and scared the crap out of his roommate and asked if he knew where. Road trip to where, but he, roommate, didn't know. They weren't close friends and the only thing David said was that he'd be out on a trip with Patrick and that's it. I sent even more texts, but he'd never seen them. I tried to track him down to no avail. Finally, I decided to write him an email. In my mind, he wasn't seeing the text because he was on the road, but he was bound to stop at some place, some time, right? So, he'd seen the email and then he'd know and come back. I wrote the damn thing and I told him everything. I asked him to please call me as soon as he read it because I need to talk to him, to talk about our baby. I needed him. This was on the course of a week. The next week was my trip to France. I kept hoping he'd call, write back or whatever, but he never did. I was devastated. I couldn't believe the man I loved for such a long time, the man I thought was good, could just ignore me like that. I kept trying to call him, but it'd ring and I'd get voicemail. And all I'd get was a notification saying that number couldn't be reached. To say my heart was broken doesn't make any justice to how I truly felt. I considered waiting until he came back, but if he was ignoring me like this when I just told him I was pregnant, then there was no point in waiting. In my mind, he hated me and never wanted to see me again. In my mind, he was ignoring and refusing our unborn child. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do, but I was keeping the baby and I didn't have the luxury to keep lying in bed, hoping he'd come back. I took that opportunity and traveled to France. I talked to everyone in charge about my pregnancy. They said there was no problem, so I studied, had a healthy, beautiful baby girl whom I adore very much and spent the next four years focusing on my life and child. 
essentially disappeared for everyone else back in my hometown except my parents. I changed phones and I was never into having Facebook or Instagram so I never bothered with it. I did lose contact with some good friends but if I'm being honest, I didn't mind it that much. Everything and everyone reminded me of my old life and my old life reminded me of David. Anyway, I came back to my hometown for the first time in four years, eight months ago. My parents offered to let me stay with them, but I rented a nice little house next to the school I'm currently teaching in. It's just me and my baby girl and things are fine. Well, we're fine. I knew I'd run into him. You can find anyone in this damn town as it's so small. There was the chance that maybe he had moved, but I knew it was a slim one because he really loves this place. It's his home. So I ran into him while I was stuck in traffic. I didn't have my daughter with me and was coming back from work. I saw him on the sidewalk and he saw me. Bear in mind we had no contact for four years. We stared at each other until the light turned green and he called out my name, but I didn't stop. I couldn't forgive him. This was way too long already, so I'll skip over and say that over the course of a few emotionally draining weeks, he found me and kept trying to reach me until I finally gave in and snapped at him. My parents were really against it of course, but I did want to get some closure or whatever. I just wanted to know how it could be so fucking horrible to me. My daughter stayed with my parents and she was more than thrilled considering they dote on her like crazy. I left to meet David. This is where when things got crazy, and I mean crazy. He tries to make small talk but I'm having none of it and I jumped to text and email. I asked how he could do that to me, how he had no remorse for ignoring me when I was pregnant with our child, how he could throw everything we had in the trash just because I wanted to study abroad. He went crazy but not crazy in a bad, hurt me way. His eyes were wide and he was shaking and saying he never had read any email, that he didn't know about the pregnancy. He kept asking if I was telling him the truth, wanting to know if I kept our baby. I wasn't having it and I asked him to tell me how in the world couldn't he have seen the email or the text. He told me that as soon as we broke up when he left that morning, he told his brother. I can only imagine what his brother said about me, but anyway, his brother came up with a road trip and forbade him to bring his phone as this was going to be a brother's trip and Patrick would help David get over me. When they came back, Patrick erased my text from his phone for him. This is believable because the text I sent never revealed the pregnancy, only the email did. So he could have easily thought I just wanted to apologize or get back together and was being crazy about it. When I asked about the email, he said when he came back and logged on his computer and checked his email, there was none from me. I didn't believe him, but he kept begging me to, kept saying I knew him, he hadn't changed, that me leaving was the worst thing that ever happened to him, that he would never abandon me and our baby. He wanted to see her. He kept saying he was sorry over and over and over again. I still left, but something fell off and my heart was heavy. He sounded sincere. If he was ashamed of what he did, why not say it? Why come up with some elaborate lie about how he didn't have his phone with him? He could have easily told me he freaked out, but the thing is, that I told him about the email and the pregnancy. He looked surprised and shocked. The way he kept asking me if I was telling the truth. I don't know. Part of me believed him or wanted to believe him, but then another part just wanted me to tell him to fuck off because if he was being honest, then it didn't mean I spent four years thinking the father of my child abandoned us when that wasn't the case at all. I told my parents and even them seemed surprised, but advised me to be careful. Told me that it is more than probably a lie and he just wants to save his face. I let things go and spent the night with my daughter and a few days later he asked me to meet him again. He kept saying it is urgent and that if after that I never want to see him again then fine but that I needed to hear him out. Call me weak but I agreed. 
When I arrived, he was fuming. He was shaking. He was mad. The last time I saw him like that was when we broke up. He was never violent, but I felt weird seeing him like that. I asked him what was so important, and he told me that it was his brother. That's it. I asked him to explain, and here's the reason why you guys needed to know this huge backstory first. Why you guys needed to know about this relationship with his brother. Patrick knew his passwords. Patrick knew everything. Patrick had logged into David's email account and deleted the one I sent. I was in shock. I sat there next to him without talking for a few minutes until I asked him how he was sure, how I could trust him. David said he had gone home and contacted his brother, who was desperate after finding out about our daughter, about the text and the email. Patrick tried to accuse me of lying about the baby, saying it was probably someone else's. He tried to make it seem like I was just trying to make David feel bad. They argued and David hung up. I don't know if remorse kicked in, but Patrick called him back an hour later and told him he had logged in and deleted the email because he was afraid David would come back to me and forget about him. He claims to have not read the email and he didn't know about the pregnancy either. But I'm sure that's a lie. David told me all of this while apologizing and crying and begging me to believe him. I was shocked, stunned, frozen. If it's true, all that suffering happened because of Patrick. David kept begging me to forgive him saying he cut off relationships to his brother and that it took every ounce of willpower to not go to his house and kill him. He told him he would never abandon me. He said he understood my anger, but if I could find it in my heart to let him see our baby girl, even if just once, he begged me to believe him until his voice started to crack. I told him I needed time to think. It's been four days since that event. Four. My parents are shocked. I can't stop crying. I can't think straight. For the love of God, I need some advice. Call me stupid, but a huge part of me believes him. Patrick is a piece of shit incapable of doing that. He was always scared of losing his brother. Because David is the only person in the world who could love him, even with all his mistakes. Another part thinks I'm being dumb. David has been giving me space and has messaged me only once, telling me he's willing to accept whatever I decide. I don't know what to do. I need to think about my daughter. If it's true, then I don't want my baby to grow up without her dad. He's willing to be a father. I don't know. Help, please. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And we do have an update to this post in a moment, but Eclectic Pseudonyms relates to the post and says, I had a similar though less dramatic experience a while ago. Dated a girl, got along great. Girl's friend got jealous. Guilted my girlfriend into moving across the country to help her with her sick grandma for a month or two. And managed to get into my girlfriend's computer and accounts, blocked my number slash social media accounts and spent the entire time telling my girlfriend that the reason I wasn't replying to her texts was because I had dumped her. 
Needless to say, I figured the same since she wasn't responding to me. We realized what was going on when, when we happened to bump into each other on an MMO we both played. Believe it or not, I waved at her. She was confused about why the emote didn't show in her chat log and found all of my characters on her ignore list. After a very confused and frustrated conversation on both sides, we figured out exactly who the anger should be directed at. Long story short, we celebrated eight years together and our third wedding anniversary this year. Sometimes I have nightmares about what would have happened if we both hadn't just happened to be in the right place at the right time to figure out what was going on. I think you should give him a chance because if you don't at least come to a conclusion about what really happened, you may regret it for a long time to come. What? A user says, so I'm going to get downvoted quickly. To the basement I go. I think you need to realize that it's not just his brother's fault. It is your fault too. You're making plans to leave your boyfriend to study abroad. That sounds all fun and romantic, but at the end of the day, you were leaving him. There were many different ways you could and should have told him about the pregnancy. Leaving messages is not one of them. Communication is a responsibility and one you did not handle well. You did not do what you needed to do to communicate well at all. That is the reason your daughter went four years without knowing her father. All the pretty story around that does not change that fact. Granted, the brother should not have deleted the messages. However, you should not have communicated such an important thing in a message. Spending a week sending texts while he was on a road trip where he would likely not get them also does not cut it. The responsible thing would have been to postpone your trip. You put your wants ahead of your child's need when you went to France. That was your choice and no one else's. My point is that you seem to be blaming everything on the brother, when in fact you very much played a part in this. You still do not seem to be accepting responsibility for that or your very poor communication. I think you are taking the easy way out by blaming the brother. Your daughter is the one who lived without a father for four years and she is the one you'll have to answer to and atone to. How are you going to do that when you clearly have not accepted your responsibility for the situation? And how are you going to improve your communication skills in the future? Because if you keep making these colossal mistakes, your daughter is the one who will continue to suffer. Accept responsibility, stop blaming the brother and get your act together when it comes to your daughter. You're not a child anymore. Time to grow up, buttercup, regardless of the romantic story. One more from Mendo who says, I think he's telling the truth. Here's why. He would have done anything at that point to keep you with him and not going to France. If he thought for a second there was a way to keep you with him, he would have. His brother hated you and was not okay with you being with his little brother at all. He went in and deleted everything. Give this man the chance to be a father that he deserves. You have no right to take away his child from him. He at least deserves visits. He's missed four years of his daughter's life. Don't make him miss any more. So of course, Opie does update the post, which was a recovered post. And it says, I'm overwhelmed and stunned with the kindness and care you guys sent my way. Thank you. I wish I could have replied to you on the original post, but it was locked. I apologize again for grammar mistakes. English is not my native language, and if a sentence doesn't make sense, please tell me. A lot of questions were raised in the original post, understandably so. I left out a lot of details because I was in a hurry to get to the point, and I really needed advice on what to do. Some things, though, I tried to explain in that post itself, but I guess they were lost in translation. I get to it, addressing the more urgent questions first. My parents were furious. They were furious with the way David was ignoring me and my father wanted to go bang on David's parents' door and drag his father by the neck and get some answers. I told him not to, which led to him being mad at me. My mother wanted me to hold David responsible and told me that if he didn't want to be a parent, then he'd have to at least help with child support, considering he had no trouble conceiving the child with me. But I was devastated. 
I didn't go into this subject because honestly, I thought I didn't have to, but I have money. I was able to afford a decent life for my baby and me while I was in France and even got a part-time job at a bookstore while I was there. I didn't want to call David's parents and demand that they tell me where their son had went. I didn't want to barge in and say to his mum, whom I adored, that her son had gotten me pregnant and ignored me and all my attempts to reach him. I didn't want David's money. It would hurt too much seeing the man I'd been so in love with Father of the child, I really love more than anything being forced into doing his share of parenthood by providing child support. I didn't want to do any of that because I have to admit to myself that David was really ignoring me, ignoring the existence of our child. I wasn't thinking straight. I was broken. I know I should have handled it better and tried harder, but I was scared out of my mind and on top of that, I was angry beyond reason. I won't ever be able to properly explain what it felt like to be abandoned by someone I loved and trusted so much. In my mind, he didn't want me. I sent countless texts and an email telling him about our kid. It wasn't enough, and that's a mistake that will haunt me for the rest of my life. And believe me when I say that I paid the price. I cried for so long and went through the motions that waking up with swollen eyes became a normal thing. My first year abroad was pathetic and sad, to tell the truth. My parents stayed with me for the first few weeks, and then they came back. I was in a place where people didn't speak my language, and while I knew French and could read and write properly in it, speaking was a different thing. I'd get nervous and get some things wrong. I made friends with an American girl, but I didn't let her get too close at first. The first time my baby kicked, I was alone. It was a rush of feelings, and I was so happy that this little thing was growing inside of me. And when it clicked that David wasn't there, I cried. I'd cry and talk to my belly and apologize to her, my baby, and promise her I'd be the best mum in the world. When my parents came back to our town, my mother asked me if I was sure that I wanted to do this alone. I really didn't want to get the justice involved. I told her that I was sure. It was stupid, but it was me at 22 years old, heartbroken and full of pregnancy hormones. I wanted to pretend David didn't exist. I wanted to desperately erase that breakup because if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to properly care for the tiny little human inside me. I wanted to grow up. I wanted to wake up and have Three decades of motherhood seared into my brain so I would know exactly what to do and how to behave. There has been some confusion about me trying to reach him though. After we broke up, we went no contact. He does have Facebook but I don't so it was easy to shun him on the internet. I'm very stubborn and proud so when he left I decided that was it. He didn't want me and I'd move on with my life. Except I broke down and gave in and called him once before I knew I was pregnant. He didn't pick up and I didn't try again until I found out about our baby. Once I found out, I called him like crazy and texted him. I didn't tell him I was pregnant via text because I wanted to do it face to face. I went to his apartment and that's when I found out via his roommate that he had gone on a road trip with Patrick. David and I had been no contact and had no idea where in the world he had gone to. I tried asking his roommate but he didn't know. I explained in my original post that David and this guy weren't close and they barely spoke. They just shared an apartment. At this point, I was already pretty hopeless, but as I said, I didn't want to go to his parents and tell them. I wanted to tell David. My mind was David, David, David. I tried to believe that the reason he hadn't been responding to my texts or answering my calls was because he was on the road and the signal was bad. I let myself believe in all the ridiculous theories my mind came up with because I couldn't believe he was really ignoring me. Meanwhile, the day of my trip was close and I was ready to cancel it if there was a chance David and I could be a family. I couldn't postpone the trip. That wasn't even an option. I wasn't flying out to France for vacation. I was going there to study. 
the classes would start soon. I had this opportunity. I could either take it or leave it. Since David wasn't picking up, I had to keep this trip as my backup plan. I had no way of tracking him down, especially not knowing where he went and refusing to get his parents involved. So I sent him an email telling him about the pregnancy, saying I wanted to tell him face to face, but that he left me no other choice. I sent the email because sooner or later he was bound to make a stop somewhere and read it. I sent the email exactly one week before my trip. That gave him enough time to read it and call me. He never did. I waited like crazy, to the point my mother would argue with me because I was so miserable and then I'd hear her crying to my dad in the next room. It was a small town and people did talk about me. They didn't know I was pregnant, they just knew I left. My parents would call me with updates now and then and they'd tell me people was asking where I was. My mum would politely answer that I was travelling and leave it at that. Ever since I came back, few people have talked to me about my trip. They mostly talk about my daughter and wonder when I had her. I had no problem telling them that I had her while on my trip and that I'm a single mum. They usually take the hint and don't ask about the father. Small towns in real life aren't like in the movies where every single person sees you and immediately approaches you wanting updates about your life. They have their own lives to mind. Sure, there were some gossipers here and there, but I never paid much attention to them. My parents wanted to destroy David and his entire family, but I begged them not to. I just wanted to forget. I told them to pretend they didn't even exist, and if they saw David on the street, then to ignore him. One day, my mother called me and told me she'd run into David at the grocery store, but he was at another aisle. He did see her, but my mum just took off. Another time, she called me and told me that David had knocked on their door late at night. They didn't answer. All David knew was that I was gone to my trip and my parents had suddenly stopped talking to him. All my parents knew was that David was the scumbag who knocked up their daughter and left her and now trying to explain his actions. David couldn't reach me because I had changed my phone number, gotten a new email I disclosed only to my parents and teachers and job applications. After that, I told my mum I couldn't keep hearing about David anymore because it was too hard to move on. I didn't want to know what he was doing. I wanted him to disappear from my mind completely. No one but my parents and very close friends knew about my pregnancy. No one. I would go running around telling people I was pregnant. I was pregnant and abandoned. I'm a private person. A close friend who knew happens to be my best friend and the godmother of my baby. We met in junior high and then she moved to another city but we kept in contact. Likewise, she was also furious with me and my decision to not ask for child support and just wanting to move on but she stood by me anyway. I understood that we live in a world where technology pretty much rules our social lives, but that doesn't mean I have to go on telling everyone about mine if I choose not to. As for mutual friends, I met David when I was 15 and he was 18. Our social circle was very different and the only reason we even began to talk because we met by accident near that river. Even when I started dating him at 17, most of my friends were the girls from school while David would hang out with people from his job at the time. Of course I met them, but I was never close to them, and David wasn't close to mine. Hell, I wasn't that close to my now friends except my daughter's godmother. As we grew older, while we loved each other, our academic slash career interests were very different, leading us to another diverse social circle. I was always into arts, poetry, museums, and David was into sports, old cars, and bikes. When we broke up, he was working as a mechanic, and I have to admit he's a damn good one. You get him talking about, say, a Shelby Mustang 67, and he'd tell you all there is to know about it for hours on end. I was always fascinated by that. I read all the comments and I took everything into consideration. I decided meeting David first and talking when we were both calm and less shocked would be the right approach to this. 
I texted him the very next day and asked him if he could meet me at this nice little restaurant near my house after I got off from work. He replied yes almost immediately and even offered to give me a ride, but I declined. I didn't want to depend on him to come back home. I tell my baby girl she has spent the night with her grandparents and she's fine with it. Although she's asking me if something's wrong because of the look on my face. That already pulls on all my strings and makes me emotional, but I assure her nothing's wrong. I go to meet David and I'm not in the mood for any small talk although I'm a lot calmer than I was the last time I met him. He thanks me for this meeting and smiles at me, and that takes me back four years ago. It's the same dorky, boyish smile. I tell him I'm having a hard time believing this is happening. But if what he's saying is true, then I can't accept the fact I lost four years of my life hating and missing him. That seems to have an effect on him, and he looks down before saying he's sorry. But he can't imagine the kind of pain I must have been in, but that he's also having a hard time believing he has a four-year-old daughter. He says he can't believe his own brother did something like this. This is when I ask him about Patrick. David tells me that lunatic has been trying to contact him non-stop, saying he swears he didn't read the email before deleting it and he didn't know I was pregnant. David told Patrick that it didn't matter, he had no right to delete anything. At this point, I'm still having doubts and I ask him how I can trust him. So he shows me his phone and the entire conversation they had over text. There were phone calls and voice messages that went on and on about how sorry Patrick was. The last conversation, Patrick texts David saying he did a stupid thing out of love. What? Because he missed his brother and he thought I was just using David like all whores do. David showed me his response to that and it reads as such. Out of love or not, your mistake cost me four years of my life that I could have spent with my daughter. I can't and will never forgive you for this. You have some serious problems and I hope you get treated, but I can't feel anything for you except pity. I don't ever want to see you or contact you again. Hope he continues. I read it over and over again as I scroll through the messages. I see that he's been ignoring and arguing with his brother since the day I told him about the baby. While he could have easily fabricated all of this, I'm inclined to believe him a lot more now. He tells me that ever since, he's been true to his word and has cut his brother out once and for all from his life. As soon as it hits me that it's true, I start crying. Not sobbing or anything like that, but I can't help it. David is biting his bottom lip and waiting for me to compose myself. I tell him that this is too surreal. I tell him sorry. I tell him that part of me still hates him. He says he understands. There's a few seconds of silence before I tell him that our daughter is amazing. He beams up at that. He asks me how she's like. Asks me to tell him everything and I do. I tell him about everything that she does and what she loves and hates. When I tell him she hates peas. He laughs because he hates them too. He asks me if I can meet her and I hesitate a little. I tell him there's a lot we need to discuss yet. I ask him if his parents know. He tells me that they know he fought with Patrick and but don't know the reason why. He says he thought that was something we should do together. We talk a lot throughout the entire night, including if we dated or not. We both did. I mean, he had a long-term relationship with a girl that lasted two years, but he broke up with her. I only had a small fling because I was focused on my studies and, and I had a baby to look out for and absolutely no time to date seriously or even think about falling in love again. When we're done with dinner, I tell him he can meet our daughter. I can't even describe his reaction properly because it was so sincere. It made my heart melt. He cries. I cry. I'm pretty sure everyone's looking at us, but he thanks me over and over. I tell him we'll take it slow and to not drop the bomb on her right away. And he agrees with me. I swear I was doing a good job of keeping things between us strictly about our daughter and filling the blanks of our past. But when we were about to leave, he stood too close and told me he still found me the most beautiful girl in the world. He used to tell me that a lot, even when we were just friends at 15 and 18. 
I smiled at him because I didn't know what else to do and told him we'd meet the next day at my place. The day after, I let him meet our daughter. I introduced her to him as a friend of mine. My baby girl is still, well, a baby. She's very smart and funny. and She likes to talk a lot, but she also likes to spend time playing and doing her own thing. She was very nice to David, who in turn was trying very hard not to cry in front of her. Not from sadness, but he was emotional. So was I. We had dinner and I prompted my daughter to tell David about her favorite things to do, favorite TV shows and so on. She talked for hours and David would nod and smile and engage her. At one point she admitted how much she loves horses and David just exclaimed that he loved them too. And I laughed because I knew that secretly he's afraid of them. My grandfather owns a farm. We used to spend the holidays there and David would always refrain from getting on a horse because apparently he'd fall and break every bone in his body. But soon after my daughter looked at me and asked, if she could go play with her toys. I glanced at David and I could see how sad he looked. I tried to get her to stay with us a bit more. David himself told me it was okay. I let her go and she went to her bedroom to play. It was really, really bittersweet seeing them interact with each other though. After that, David and I talked, cried because that's all we seem to do now. And he told me she was gorgeous, that she has his blonde hair. He apologized again for what happened. We talked about seeing a therapist for the three of us. We're not telling our daughter that the nice man she just met is actually her father. Not yet, at least. David will keep visiting her every day, getting to know her, and then we'll tell her. We also need to tell his parents, which is something that we're not sure if we should do it now or wait until we tell our daughter first. Any advice on this would be greatly appreciated. David is downstairs right now with our baby girl. She's making him watch Adventure Time. I'll update when we finally tell her and his parents. As for David and me, we're just focusing on our daughter right now. I realize that I'll never fully know the truth. I don't doubt David's words as much as I did before, but like I said, I'll never know. Him cutting Patrick out of his life and showing me the text and telling me about the phone calls is really good though. And that was the last update I could find. Like I said, that previous update was recovered because it was a deleted user. And there was only like a couple of comments. One was asking, you know, to get a counselor involved for David and how the parents are going to interact with the daughter, etc. And Opie responded saying, that's what's worrying us. Patrick knows. To tell you the truth, I'm terrified of that man and I'm keeping my eyes open. I don't know if it'd go as far as to tell the parents, but not because of me or even my daughter or David, but, but because Patrick knows what he did. It doesn't matter if he read the email before deleting it or not. That's a huge consequence that affected everyone, including an innocent baby. Well, I adore David's mum. She's always been nice, sweet and caring towards me. His father is horrible. Not that different from Patrick. The first time David took me to his home, and this was before we were dating, he told me to just ignore his father. I know his mum is going to feel horrible about this entire thing, but I can't imagine what his father's reaction will be. We are definitely asking the counsellor. That's a great idea. Thank you. But without that further update, we can only hope that they did move on and they built a good co-parenting relationship together, whatever that may be cut Patrick out of their life because Jesus he's an awful person and a part of me had sort of like worried about you know introducing his side of the family into it whilst OP says you know the mum is really sweet and caring he said that the dad is just like Patrick and from the very start they were saying like he's homophobic racist and all this kind of thing you don't want that around your child do you and you don't want David just saying you know just ignore them because you don't want that influence in your daughter in any way, shape or form. But what do you guys make of this situation? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. 
And just a huge thank you from the bottom of my heart for getting involved in today's stories. Your love, your support, your time always means the absolute world to me. So thank you so much. And hopefully I'll see you in the next one. Take care and much love. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 